What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean, the big change from Nerd Tees last week, and welcome to week six of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season and postseason. And of course, we are streaming once again on a Monday night, which does mean that week five has not completed itself as of yet. There is one game left tonight, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders in an AFC West matchup, a matchup, uh, just a, a division really that Patrick Mahomes in head-to-head matchups has absolutely dominated. I'm on the Chiefs to win, the Chiefs to cover, and the over in that game tonight, but we're going to go into week six off of a really pedestrian, I would say, week five. Not like, I didn't find the games crazy crazy exciting this week. Although what I will say is this week was my first uh, experience with NFL Red Zone because I was having Canadian Thanksgiving with my family. They have Red Zone uh, through uh, Zone in Canada, I believe. So I actually got to experience NFL Red Zone for the first time, hopping around from game to game to game to game. I didn't love it, but it was an interesting experience at the very least. I much prefer having the flow of being able to watch the first half of a complete game and then swap over to the second half or things like that, rather than just constantly jumping from game to game to game just wasn't for me, but I definitely understand the appeal, but we're looking at a week five where I'm so far again, pending the results of the game tonight. So far only eight and seven straight up, which only has me 41, 37 and one on the season for just under 52%. I mean, you certainly want to be better than that at this point in the season, but at least we haven't had any of those catastrophic weeks like we had early in the season. And aside from my results from week one, I think I've been at or over 500 every other week. So at the very least, we're getting that level of consistency. Uh, so yeah, eight and seven straight up, well, seven, seven and one against the spread, which uh, means I'm still even money against the spread this year at 39, 39 and one, three games under 500 on the total so far this week at seven and, or sorry, six and nine, which means we're five games under 500 on the totals so far for the season, 37 and 42. Uh, found a reasonable amount of success with the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks in week five as well, with the exception of the gold pick. The gold pick was a dumpster fire, unfortunately. Uh, the bronze pick was two and one. Tampa Bay beat Atlanta. Atlanta covered against the spread in that game, but the Giants and the Packers failed to stay under the point total means I'm nine and six on the bronze pick this year. Uh, the silver pick is still pending my straight up matchup, which is of course the game tonight, but right now I'm two and zero on the silver pick, which is awesome. Tennessee covered against the spread. The Bengals and the Ravens stayed under. So I'm two and zero on that so far eight and six on the season with the one game left to go and the platinum pick two and one uh, on that pick last week as well, which means I'm eight, six and one on the season there. Buffalo beat Pittsburgh. The Eagles did fail to cover against the spread, but the Colts and the Broncos in that absolutely abysmal Thursday night game did stay under the point total. 
Now, the gold pick, like I said, that's the one that's on fire. Unfortunately, only 0 and 3 last week, which means I'm only 5 and 10 in the gold pick this year, which is not good news at all. Jacksonville lost to Houston. I think that was what, 13 to 7 or 13 to 6. So, not exactly a great game there. Uh, the Chargers beat the Browns, but failed to cover the point spread that I had. My point spread was minus 3 because of how early we did it in the week. They won the game by 2, so they didn't cover. And then the Lions and the Patriots somehow failed to go over because the Lions completely had a, forgot how to play offensive football and got shut out by admittedly a good Patriots defense. But after all the points that Detroit had scored, there's no way they should have been shut out in that game. So unfortunately, my gold pick was completely underwater. But those weeks are going to be few and far between, and we're going to start fixing that right now. So the Bridgewater's finest pick'em pool, uh, now 23rd out of 36, so I did drop a couple of spots there so far, again, pending the results of tonight, 368 out of 680 possible confidence points, a clip of just over 54% on the season. I have brought in 69 of 136 points so far this week, which is 50.7%, but I do have a heavy point total invested in the Kansas City Chiefs on tonight's game. And uh, now, fourth and ridiculous, who is on uh, just an absolute hot streak, who I believe won the pool last week and is in prime position to win the pool again this week. 11 and four so far on the week, 94 of 136 confidence points for a clip of just over 69%. Nice. And that's enough for fourth and ridiculous to hop up into the overall lead in this pool at 48, 30, and one so far on the season, 447 of 680 confidence points. That's a clip of over 65.5%. Good enough to pace the pack. Now, what I will say is because we still have the one game tonight, there are three teams this week within three points of the week five win. So it's not wrapped up for fourth and ridiculous by any means. As a matter of fact, there are 12 teams in this pool that are within 10 points of where fourth and ridiculous is right now. So mathematically, there's still a ton of things that could happen there. And what I will say about the overall lead, fourth and ridiculous does have an 11 point cushion in the pool right now, but broken ankle could mathematically leapfrog them and get back into the overall lead in the pool, depending on what happens in the game tonight. Like, let's say the Raiders pull an upset and Broken Ankle has a lot of points on the Raiders for some reason. They could theoretically leapfrog Fourth and Ridiculous back into the lead, but I feel pretty confident in saying Fourth and Ridiculous is going to win the week and uh, hold on to the overall lead. Uh, let's see. Martin need more than Devonte. Yeah. The Raiders tonight. Yes. The Raiders tonight absolutely need more than Devonte, but I absolutely need, I need Devonte to go off tonight in fantasy and Rams need more than just cup. LA bunny makes a great point there as well. Uh, Martin, I agree with you, Justin flipping over the games, man. Um, yeah, you know, it, it just wasn't for me. I just, I really didn't think uh, that it was all that great, but again, I totally understand how it has an appeal to the folks that want to see the biggest stuff over and over and over and over. Like it's the same appeal as like TikTok, right? Like I, I, so I understand it. Dana, horrible week five. Martin, how did you do in week five? TJ, hey, hey, gang, what are you doing, TJ? Thank you so much. Uh, Martin went nine six so far this week, which is excellent. Uh, liked my picks of Dallas and Baltimore winning, of course, losing Jacksonville. Jets and Green Bay. Yeah, the Packers, man. I can't believe. Ooh, my goodness. How did the 
the Packers led that game by 10 points twice. Like, there's no reason that that team should have lost that game. It was, that was rough. Uh, too many bad calls this week, says Buck Skill, or Buck Skull Gang, yeah. I, there were, I mean, that, that roughing the passer on Brady was just, just at like, ooh, my goodness, mud on. Uh, let's see. I had Cincy and the Rams, unfortunately lost with Jacksonville, says Dana. Half Moon said I got my first loss in fantasy by Geo. My Lions players all less than 10 points. Yeah, it um, wasn't a good week. Wasn't a good week to be uh, a backer of the Lions offense. Now, we are going to take a peek into Fantasy Corner, which we do every week, and that is brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator, and my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator is in the description below. If you go down there for as little as $3, you can gain access to this incredible tool for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football, evaluate your trade possibilities, get your player rankings, They've got great podcasts there with great experts. You can get all kinds of incredible information through the Dynasty Trade Calculator, one of the absolute best resources online. If you're like me and you've taken the dive headfirst into Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football, so check out my affiliate link, which is down below. Now, in the Professionals Dynasty, like I mentioned, unless I get a real hero's effort tonight from Devontae Adams, I will drop my fifth consecutive matchup in the Professionals Dynasty. This one to Holly. This was a matchup I felt that I was going to win. Neither one of our teams has performed very well this week, but I get the feeling that I, I'm, I might not get that if not for um, the incredible efforts of Devontae Adams tonight. So we shall see. Also looks like I'm going to pick up a loss in the Anti and Co. Dynasty Fantasy Football League. That is to AJ. That will break my three-game win streak and drop me to three and two in that pool. I have week six matchups against Half Moon's Picks, who is in the chat right now. That's in the Professionals Dynasty. And a matchup with Billy, a long-term member of this uh, community as well. Now, the matchup with Half Moon right now I'm projected to win. The matchup with Billy is a projected too close to call. It's within like two or three points either way. So, uh, boy, Moon, I love you, but I got to get off the schneid here, man. Like, I got I to gotta get a win somewhere. And I'm, I'm, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm hoping that it comes at your expense. I got to get some wins here in fantasy. Hasn't been going my way this season, but that doesn't mean that it can't go your way if you check out the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Uh, LA Bunny, I missed seven games this week and picked Kansas City tonight. Uh, Half Moon, Lions on by, got to fix it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, with the Lions on by, I'm assuming you're probably... Because then you have how many how many Lions players do you have in your roster? Out of curiosity, because I know it's it's more than a couple, so uh, that might that might uh, that might cause you some issues this week. Now, I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that in the description of this episode on YouTube or, of course, the podcast file, wherever you happen to interact with the show, you're going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week six in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's finest pick'em pool for season 11 of this show. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Teas and Coffee Bean, now offering many excellent flavored blends of coffee, which I cannot wait to get my hands on and give it a shot. So you know what? If you're not a tea drinker, if you're a dedicated coffee drinker, Nerd Teas now has you covered. 
My promo code for Nerd Tees is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which is excellent value. And for my many listeners in the U.S., you're going to get a great conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Now, today's blend of tea is a delicious dessert tea called Black Forest Cake, and it is absolutely delicious. Smells like a bakery when you make the cup of tea. It's just incredible. And there are so, so, so many great blends of tea and now coffee available to you on nerdteas.ca. The promo code is BWFINEST. Save your 15%. Get your free shipping. Find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on (laughs) nerdteas.ca. Half Moon answers uh, too many in terms of the question of how many Lions does he have on his fantasy team. Uh, Panthers in trouble, uh, rumors of, tr- uh, trade says the Buck Skull Gang. Yeah, there's a really interesting conversation going on around DJ Moore. And there's a name that I would absolutely love to see in green and gold in Green Bay. DJ Moore would be, oh, that would, oh chef's kiss. Like get, get him over. To, he's young. Get him over to Green Bay. Like get him over to Green Bay yesterday. I don't care what you got to trade for him. It, it, it could be stripped down city in Carolina, right? But get on the phone and call the Panthers and get DJ Moore. This is like a few years ago when um, the blind Canadian cat had, it was basically like campaigning for years to get Julio Jones to Baltimore, I think. Same deal. Get DJ Moore to the Green Bay Packers. I would love to see that. Like I mentioned, we've only got 14 games on the slate here in week six, so we will waste no more time. Let's get into the picks for week six of the 2022 NFL season. We are going to kick things off with the Thursday night game, which is the Washington Commanders traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. Yet another instance of just only the highest quality football games on Thursday night. Seriously, look, I, I'm not smart enough to be an NFL schedule maker. I will, I'll, I'll raise my hand and say that. Like, I'm not smart enough to do that job. I mean, come on. Like, these, I, I can understand the logic around last week's game. I get it. Because in the preseason, both of those teams were expected to be good. The Colts and the Broncos were expected to be good. I don't think anybody at, in the preseason expected either Washington or Chicago to be very good, much less to put them on a prime time game in a slot with no competition, like to put them on a Thursday night. Boy, I don't don't know. In any case, these are two teams that have combined to only win three games so far this season in 10 opportunities. So we're talking about two teams that obviously have not done well this year. There's been injuries that have gone into that. There's all kinds of stuff that's gone into that. But just at the end of the day, neither one of these teams are very good. I watched a, the especially the ending of that Washington game against, I think it was Tennessee uh, last week. Uh, Tennessee, another team that's on by this week. Like Carson Wentz being Carson Wentz at the end of the game with the game on the line. It's just like, how many, how many more times are, if you're a Commanders fan, are you going to have to see that over the next, what is it, two years at least? Um, the Bears come into this game with one of the worst offenses in the NFL, they don't move the ball. They don't score a lot of points. Washington doesn't score a ton of points either. They do move the ball at the very least more effectively. I would kind of have to say that these two teams 
are fairly even in terms of total defense at the very least. Neither one of them is crazy efficient at stopping the other one, but I would have to give the edge to Chicago in that case. So it's a bit of a coin flip. There's not much in terms of expectation for this game. I think I'm just going to go with the home team here. Let's take the Bears uh, at home to pick up what would just be their third win of the season at the expense of the Washington Commanders. They're just a team that I have no faith in any aspect of their game. And I can at least look at the Bears defensively and say like, well, I think they can probably win a game or two based on their defense. So we'll go ahead and grab the home team that at least kind of has something that you can kind of get behind there. So let's take the Bears straight up at home to beat Washington. On the line, the Bears are favored by a single point at home. Uh, So even Vegas doesn't know what to do with these two teams. So obviously I like Chicago to win. Let's go ahead and lay the single point. At the worst, we might get a push out of it. Can you imagine if this number pushes? Do you imagine if they win like 23-22 or 21-20? 21-20 would be the ultimate because the total is also very low in this game. The total is at 38 and a half points. And I think I got to go under. Like I just, I, man, uh, where are the points going to come from? Half Moon says it in the chat, 10 to 9. Like, where are the points going to come from in this game? So we're I'm going to take the under on this because, oh my God. Let's go uh, Bears. Let's go Bears 16, uh, Washington 13. Let's go 16-13. Bears win, Bears cover, take the under on the points. Uh, Andrew Warren is in the chat now. Hey, Andrew, thank you for being uh, taking the time. Thank you for being able to stop by. Bears defense is much better than the Lions defense this past week. I would not be surprised if that ended with a tie. Well, let's not take it as a tie, but let's take it as uh, a very low-scoring game that you can probably use to catch up on some sleep. All right, the San Francisco 49ers now are in Atlanta taking on the Falcons. The Falcons, interestingly enough, the only team in the NFL so far this year that is perfect against the spread. The Falcons are 5 and 0 against the spread this year. No other team is 5 and 0. There's a couple of other teams that are 4 and 1. No other team is 5 and 0 against the spread. So Atlanta is whooping Vegas so far this year, which is kind of nice to see. The Niners are a team that I have perpetually underrated and I think the injuries just got too in my head. And I was like, how can this team even function? Because the injuries just continue to happen, continue to happen. The voodoo continues to happen around this team. And all San Francisco's done so far this year is put up three wins in five games. Like they're, they're a very good team that I think may just be one of those teams where you don't have to worry quite as much about the injuries to a point. I mean, you still need NFL players out there, but to a point, I think that you can kind of not completely ignore injuries, but you can kind of say, yeah, but it's San Francisco. So that next man up mentality has been big for the Niners this year. Now they do come into this game on the tail end of back-to-back road games, but they come in with one of the best defenses in the NFL, top five in terms of total defense. Atlanta ranking in the bottom 10, both in terms of total offense and in terms of total defense, but they've won two games on the season. I think Atlanta in general is playing a little bit better than people would have expected them to be playing from the outset. Andrew says in the chat, Atlanta got bleeped by that rushing the passer call. Yeah, absolutely. I think they did. I think they got absolutely screwed by that. They 
should have had an, another opportunity there. It was just one of the weakest calls I've ever seen. And I'm not buying into the whole, it's because it's Brady. I'm not buying into that. It's just an awful call. Awful calls happen. You got to figure it out. But man, it's it's awful. Now, speaking of injuries for the Niners, we got a couple that we got to talk about. Uh, Jimmy Ward. I, was, I, I knew it was Ward and I knew it was a J and I was like, oh God, what's the name? Jimmy Ward's dealing with a hand injury. I think he might have broken his hand if memory serves me correctly. Nick Bosa also dealing with a groin injury, but neither one of them have given any indication at this point that they're not going to play this week. I mean, look, if Jimmy Ward's broken his hand, he's probably not going to play. But, like, Bosa, I think, is nursing that groin injury. I think it's been a perpetual thing for him. And uh, I, I haven't heard anything that would lead me to believe right now that he won't be playing in that game. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on because those are both injuries on the defensive side of the ball, which is really San Francisco's bread and butter so far this year. I got to take the Niners. I, I've lost a decent chunk of money this year, like, fading the Niners. I think they're the better team between these two. Let's go ahead and take the San Francisco 49ers on the road in Atlanta to pick up the win over the Falcons. Now, what did I just say off the top? Atlanta, the only team that is undefeated against the spread so far this year. So Atlanta are taking five and a half points in this game as the home underdog. And I'm going to go ahead and take that too. I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to grab Atlanta plus the five and a half. And I like that so much that the Falcons plus 5.5 are my silver pick against the spread this week. Falcons plus 5.5 silver pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 42 and a half points. I don't see a ton of points in this game. There's not a lot that's special about the Niners offense, although I liked how they were able to start getting George Kittle more involved in the offense this past week. He looks like he's coming back. That makes him a weapon. Obviously, Debo Samuel is a weapon no matter where he is. But 42.5 points, I think this skews on a bit more of a defensive battle. Atlanta's offense obviously is not lighting the league on fire. I'm going to go under on this total. It's a low total, but I think we're going to go ahead and go under on it. Let's go Niners 21, Falcons 20. So we're going to take the Niners to win the game, but take the Falcons plus 5.5 against the spread and stick under that 42.5 point total. Uh, LA Bunny, Bucks had robbed calls too. Yeah, it's... It's it's a persistent thing. Like the refereeing just needs to get better. Like officiating just needs to get better. This is across the board. Uh, Andrew Michael Myers may have injured Nick Bosa for Halloween ends. I'm gonna see that uh, week from tonight. I think I'm gonna go and I, I feel duty bound that I need to finish off that movie franchise uh, by seeing the last one in theater. So we're gonna go and watch that one on Monday. Uh, two very impressive Niner wins. They're distancing themselves from that horrid Broncos game. Yeah, I, it, this is very much like, yeah, let's uh, not uh, not us. We're different. Uh, two good defenses, San Fran at Denver. Andrew, I am too. I saw Smile last night. Oh, how was Smile? Let me know in the let me know in the chat how Smile was. That looked interesting to me. While we're waiting for that, let's go to Cleveland now. The New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns will face off. The Browns have, uh, actually both of these teams, uh, have each won two games this year. So they've had some success this year. Um, Cleveland, mm, boy, the end of that game. The end of that game was like peak Cleveland Browns. Like it was really like, oh, that's the Cleveland Browns I know and love. And boy, they can't get... Um, 
a franchise quarterback back fast enough. I think he's Deshaun Watson, by the way, is finally able to join the team for team activities. Like it's there's there's a bunch of hoops for him to have to jump through in order for him to actually play. But I think he can actually rejoin the team now, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, Cleveland boasting one of the top five total offenses in the NFL so far this year. Both of these teams kind of have pedestrian defenses, even though the Patriots are, of course, coming off of not only a win last week, but a shutout win against the Detroit Lions. And that's obviously nothing to sneeze at. Any NFL team, if you can shut them out, you've done something very well. And this ultimately comes down to, like, well, it comes down to a couple of things. There, there is there is an injury conversation to have with this team as well, and that's Denzel Ward in the secondary for the Cleveland Browns. He suffered a concussion in last week's game, so I, I whether he'll be able to clear protocol or not, especially with the way concussion protocol has now changed, basically the tour rule. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how quickly players are going to be able to get through protocol now that everything has changed. But this is one of those conversations where, like, which one of these teams do I absolutely trust? Like, which which team uh, is one that has some element to it that I look at it and go, yo, that might be special. Like, that might actually be a thing that we need to pay attention to. And I think on a couple of cases, it's the New England Patriots. Uh, Bailey Zappi has done well, I think, in his two games. And that defense, I think, has the potential to be something special. I don't necessarily know that there's a, a crazy special defense as it stands right now. But coming off of a shutout, you know their heads are being held high. I'm going to grab the upset here. I'm going to grab the New England Patriots in Cleveland to pick up the win over the Browns. Uh, New England goes into Cleveland and gets the win. Now on the line, Cleveland is favored by three points at home, which always kind of an indication to me that Vegas kind of sees these two teams as pretty even. So I'm more than happy to take the three points here where I've got New England winning the game outright. Total in the game set at 42 and a half points. And I actually feel pretty darn good about this one going over with how good the Browns offense has been at points this year. And I think New England's just going to be able to keep up with them and pick up this win. And I like the over in this game, over 42 and a half, so much that Patriots-Browns over 42 and a half is my gold pick on my totals this week. Patriots and Browns over 42 and a half, gold pick on the totals. Uh, let's go New England 24, Cleveland 21. I think they go over the point total. New England does enough to get the job done, gets the upset win in Cleveland. Uh, let's see. Andrew loved the movie Smile. Fantastic. I appreciate that. I know you're, you're a horror aficionado, so I'm not shocked, but I'm glad you loved it. Martin, you're correct about the Browns and Deshaun's status. I subscribe to the Browns YouTube page. They concur. Excellent. Half Moon. Smiles, Smile is a movie about Deshaun Watson at Cleveland Massage Parlor. Why you got to do this to me, man? Come on. We're trying to... We're, we're a wholesome show. I'm a wholesome boy around these parts. What are you doing? Uh, Andrew, I see a quarterback controversy going on with New England between Bailey Zappi and Matt Jones. Both quarterbacks are good. However, Zappi's been so impressive to me, he has a chance to get Rookie of the Year. Well, they'd have to leave him. Like, he'd have to play the rest of the season, probably. And I think there's some impressive rookies out there already. So that might be a bit much. But he's been really good, I think, in his two games. He has stepped up 
to this kind of a challenge. And I think he stepped up to it with poise. So I think he's, I think he's done pretty well. And then Half Moon and Andrew have a bit of a disagreement about how quarterbacks look uh, under Bill Belichick. Let's go to the New York Jets at the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Packers obviously coming off of that loss to the Giants, and the Jets coming off of a monstrous win over the Miami Dolphins. Obviously mitigating circumstances there in Miami with quarterbacks and with Tyreek not being at 100% and, you know, all, all kinds of stuff that goes into that. Um, both of these teams have three wins on the season, which for Green Bay, I have to imagine they're not quite where they want to be. Actually, I'm, I don't have to imagine. I know as a team as a whole, they're not quite where they want to be, but they're not where they want to be in the standings either. For the New York Jets, they've got to be thrilled, thrilled at having won three games to this point already in the season. Three wins for that team is sometimes looked at as like a season benchmark. Like the Jets have not had high expectations these last few years, but now all of a sudden they're three and two, they're playing decent football, although it's kind of interesting because I don't know that Zach Wilson is necessarily the best quarterback for that team. I can't help but notice that since Zach Wilson has come back, both of their like young elite wide receivers have taken like a significant downturn in their output and in like in their targets and their looks everything since Zach Wilson Zach Wilson's like the king of the checkdowns so I mean Michael Carter and uh, Brees Hall they're feasting but the wide receivers that like and I I get it Joe Flacco's crazy he's a gunslinger he comes from that generation but like the wide receivers aren't exactly getting fed the way that you would think that they should be speaking of in Green Bay Wide receivers not really getting fed the way they should be, although part of that too is, you know, the wide receivers are still catching up to the NFL game. Um, I got to feel really good about the Packers here getting to get the win at home. I don't think the Jets stay this successful for much longer. Like I, I would expect them to kind of struggle in the meaty part of the season here. And Green Bay, I mean, it's, you got to start pumping the gas here pretty soon. If you have these aspirations of winning the division, they're no longer leading the division. And if not now, like, boy, it's going to have to be pretty darn soon for the Packers. But I think that gets started this week with a big win here for Green Bay. Let's take the Packers, who do have a top five total defense in the NFL so far this year. They've also got a top 10 total offense. It just doesn't seem like it. But I'm going to take them at home to pick up the win over the New York Jets. Let's take Green Bay at home to get the win. So much so that the Packers over the Jets is my platinum pick straight up this week. Packers over the Jets, my platinum pick straight up. Against the spread right now, the Packers are laying a full touchdown, a full seven points. I think this is a statement game for Aaron Rodgers at home and a statement game for the Packers. I'm going to lay those seven points. And no disrespect to a Jets team that's actually playing some pretty decent defense so far this season. I think Aaron Rodgers comes into this game real mad. And I think that uh, will play itself out uh, in this game against the Jets. So I'm going to lay the full seven points. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. 
I don't see this thing being a huge blowout because I think these two defenses are pretty darn good. But even though I'm going to take Green Bay to cover that full spread, I'm going to grab under here, under 46 and a half points. I actually liked this number under when it was 44 and a half, but I definitely like it under the 46 and a half. So much so that Jets and Packers under 46 and a half points is my bronze pick on my totals this week. Jets and Packers under 46 and a half is the bronze pick on the totals. We are going to go Green Bay 27 and we are going to go the New York Jets 17. So 27-17 Packers. It stays under the 46 and a half points. Packers win and Packers cover. Uh, let's see. Uh, Packers sure won't take the Jets lightly. Absolutely not. They can look at the standings and they can know that they can't take the Jets lightly. I think that's exactly what happens. They're a well-coached football team. So it's not like they're not going to rebound from the Giants game. But I, I still, like, I looked at that and I was like, I, I just, I, I'm baffled. I'm absolutely mind-fuzzled that they lost that game. Uh, yeah, Green Bay has to be pissed about losing to the Giants in London. Exactly. Half Moon, I think that hydroxychloroquine, uh, hydroxychloroquine vaccine affected Rogers' quarterback play. That's not what he took. He t well, that's true. No, that's true. That's a lie. He did take that at one point, I think. Or at the very least, uh, Dr. Joe told him to. Um, he did take ayahuasca. What an interesting dude. Literally the world's most interesting man, it feels like. But anyway, Packers win, Packers cover. Under the point total. Let's go to Jacksonville and Indianapolis now. This game in Indy. Uh, division matchup, obviously, the AFC South. I don't even know what to say about the, like... Okay, the Colts won and covered against the spread last week. Great. Does anybody feel any better about the Colts than they did going into that game? I know I certainly don't. I don't know what to make of this team. And yeah, there's injuries and stuff like that that's taking place. But like... They made a bold move going for Matt Ryan, and they're tied to Matt Ryan. They owe Matt Ryan $21 million next year. Boy, I just, I don't see it. It's one of those things that just doesn't seem to be working out. Draft your quarterback of the future. Stop the carousel. Draft your quarterback of the future. Anyway, moving on from that. Uh, both of these teams have two wins, uh, two wins apiece this season. The Colts will at least come into this game uh, on the long week because they had the benefit of the long week where they played on Thursday in week five. Certainly good news. Both of these teams also boasting top 10 total defenses in the NFL so far this year. Nobody would be surprised in the preseason if the Colts were in that conversation. I think most people are surprised that the Jags through five weeks are in that conversation. I tell you what I don't love about this game. I don't love the fact that the Colts are laying the points and especially not to be laying as much as they are. I don't think they've done anything this year to earn that. And yeah, sure. The Jags let me down big. Um, they let me down big last week. Cause not, not only did I take the Jags to beat Houston, like I laid the full seven points on them last week. So yeah, they let me down big, but in my mind, you got to earn and you got to deserve, you got to deserve to be a favorite. Maybe that's silly, but that's the way I look at it. You got to earn and deserve being a favorite. I just don't think the Colts have. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Jags here. I think this is a, a matchup that's prime for an 
upset, quote unquote, even though, again, I think the better team is the team that's getting the points. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take the Jacksonville Jaguars in Indianapolis to get the win here over the Colts. Uh, Let's take the Jags in the upset. So Indy laying two and a half points here at home. So obviously I like the Jags to win. So I guess I'll take the plus two and a half. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. I do think this goes over, but I don't think it flies. It's just such a beatable number. This is more a play on the number than it is on anything else. We're going to go over the 41 and a half point total. Again, not by very much. We are going to go, uh, let's go Jacksonville 23, uh, Indianapolis 21. 23 21. Jags get the win. They go over the point total. And obviously, I will take the Jags with the points. Uh, Half Moon, I'll take $21 million for 10 sacks a game. I suppose so. Uh, Jags beat the Colts early in the season. Early in the season, second meetup. Uh, Jags blow out Colts week three, I think. Uh, Martin, Jags got a lot of yardage, two field goals to show for it. Yeah, no finish. No finishing power in that game whatsoever. And against such a beatable defense in Houston, or at least seems like a beatable defense. Uh, Buck Skull Gang says Jags will beat the Colts again. Yeah, I agree. We're going to take the Jags, and actually, I'm fairly happy to take points in that game. All right, the Minnesota Vikings now travel to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Minnesota, 4-1 and one on the season, leaders of the NFC North. They haven't always looked great in getting to that 4-1 and one record, but four wins are four wins, man, and... Minnesota's been getting it done mostly on the offensive side of the ball. They're a top 10 total offense. Uh, They're a bottom 10 total defense. So that's really been a persistent thing with the Vikes. Uh, Or at least that's my impression of the Vikes has been a persistent thing over the years where their offense will, or at least the last couple of years, the offense will be really good. They can do a lot of things offensively. The defense can't always keep up. That's kind of been what it's been this year, but it's led them to four wins. So who am I to argue? Uh, Miami Dolphins, three uh, three wins to start the season here. Um, the defense has kind of been a struggle. I think they would have expected the offense to be a little bit better than it has been so far. But again, you're dealing with Tua being injured. Now you're dealing with Teddy Bridgewater being injured down to a rookie seventh round pick at quarterback. Um, the Tom Brady story 2.0, I guess, um, in, in that sense. Um and if you're the Dolphins, I think you've also got to worry about, you know, a couple of a uh, couple of injury conversations here. I mentioned Tyreek a little bit earlier. He's been dealing with a quad injury and was also in a walking boot after the game last week. Now the indications are that they're just going to take it easy on him in practice this week and that he'll be out there, but anytime you see a star player in a walking boot after a game, it's not good news. And then also, Taron Armstead, probably one of their better offensive linemen. He's dealing with a toe injury that's been a persistent thing for him all season long. It's possible he may miss this game in order to get that righted. And, I mean, those are fairly key pieces on that Dolphins offense. And if the offense isn't at 100%, may not be able to keep up in this game I like the Vikings here. We're going to take Minnesota on the road in Miami to get the win over the Dolphins. Uh, On the line, the Dolphins are taking three points at home here as the dog. I like Minnesota to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. Let's go ahead and lay the three points on the Minnesota Vikings. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I do see this point total going over because once again, I just don't really see 
really either one of these defenses being impact, you know, stop somebody defenses and look what the Jets just did to the Dolphins last week. So we're going to go over 45 and a half points in Minnesota, Miami. So much so that Minnesota, Miami over 45 and a half points is my platinum pick on my totals this week. Minnesota and Miami over 45 and a half platinum pick. On the totals this week, we are going to take the Minnesota Vikings, 31, the Miami Dolphins, 21. My, uh, Minnesota wins, Minnesota covers over the point totals. Buck Skull Gang taking the Vikings, excellent. We'll ride with you. Uh, Half Moon's picks, Moon over Miami too. There you go, exactly. Moon, you're on fire. You're on fire tonight, my guy. I like it. All right, let's see. Uh, now at the halfway point, and we'll talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the New Orleans Saints. Cincinnati going to come into this game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Both of these teams starting the season with two wins. Uh, probably about par for expectations with the Saints being around that 3-2, and 2-3 two, two and three area. Cincinnati, I think, probably can't help but feel let down by the way the early part of this season has gone. And it's the offense. It's not necessarily the defense. I think the defense has been playing fairly well. It's the offense. I'm not seeing them move the ball the way they were last year. A lot of people were calling this. A lot of people were talking about this. The potential for the hangover, I suppose, from that miracle run to the Super Bowl. We're kind of maybe seeing it with that uh, Bengals offense. It just has not looked the same this year. Now, they still have the potency. All the potency in the world is still there to put up monster point totals. We just haven't really been seeing it so far this year. They've been pretty pedestrian offensively, pretty pedestrian defensively as well, although they have kept scores relatively low. Uh, the Saints, at the very least, what we can say about them, they have moved the ball fairly well this year. Top 10 total offense in the NFL. They're not exactly a team that I trust. Like last week... Like, they, they should have lost that game against Seattle last week. They absolutely should have. And were it not for Taysom Hill, like, breaking the game with, what was it, three rush touchdowns and a throwing? So, like, it, were it not for him having the game of his career, they would have lost that game. And they probably would have lost that game fairly handily. Now, I had the Seahawks to win that game last week. So, I that was kind of how I felt it was going to go and how it felt like it was going for a while and like I say, Taysom Hill just took over. They can't count on Taysom Hill taking over every single week. Uh, I don't like the Saints in this spot. I'm going to grab the Bengals eventually. This Bengals team is going to turn it around to remind everybody why they were the AFC champions this past year. So let's take Cincinnati to get that started and pick up the win in New Orleans against the Saints. Uh, on the line, the Saints are taking a point and a half here as a home dog. I like Cincinnati to win. Obviously, it's a very small price to pay. So I'm going to go ahead and lay the 1.5 on the Bengals. And I like that so much that Cincinnati minus 1.5 is my gold pick against the spread. Cincinnati minus 1.5, gold pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. I think this does crawl over i don't think it's a massive over but we're going to go ahead and have this game crawl over take over uh what was that that was over 44 and a half points in cincinnati new orleans we are going to take uh cincinnati 26 new orleans 23 Bengals get the win Bengals cover against the spread point total goes over i don't know what Taysom hill took 
<laughs> he took something. Because like I say, that was, I mean, it was an incredible performance. It was awesome to watch. Would have been great for that like 3 to 4% of teams that just started Taysom Hill at quarterback. Like that would have been incredible for them or anybody that had him in starting at tight end, like would have been game breaking in fantasy football, just a massive performance, but not many people saw that coming. And with good reason, let's go to New York. Now the Baltimore Ravens are going to be uh, in New York to take on the giants. Uh, the giants obviously coming off that win against green Bay. They're four and one on the season. Now that's what that's two teams in the NFC East that are four and one and one that's five and oh, and then there's the commanders. (laughs) Um, Pretty awesome start to the year for that division. Absolutely. Um, The giants, they got that win last week. The offense leaves a lot to be desired, but that defense has been winning football games. And that's really what I feel happened with that game against green Bay. The defense held the minute, held the minute, gave them enough opportunities that they came back and got the win. So, Look, big ups to them for picking up that win. I don't feel like it should have happened, but, you know, stuff happens. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens boasting one of the worst defenses in the NFL so far this year. Bottom five in the league in terms of total defense. They're giving up a ton of points. Usually they can make up for that by the fact that they are a quick strike offense and capable of putting up a lot of points in a short period of time. That won't always save them. But they are three and uh, three and two, I believe, to start or three one and one, three and two, I think, to start the season. So they have found some success. I don't necessarily think that the Ravens have the formula for continuing success, but I think eventually that defense has got to figure it out. Now, whether that starts this week or not, I don't know, but I do feel fairly good about this spot for the Baltimore Ravens on the road in New York. I think they pick up the win. I feel like at some point, at some point. The problems with the Giants offensively are going to cost them some games. And I feel like maybe that this might be one of those cases. Now, look, it's nothing against, like, Saquon Barkley. It's nothing against the offensive pieces that they do have. But they got to move the ball better than they do. And eventually that's going to catch up. I just think it's going to happen this week. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens on the road in New York. I think Baltimore gets the win over the Giants. However, Baltimore is a heavy favorite on the road in New York in this game. That I do not like. I would love this number under three points, but it's not. Right now, Baltimore is laying five and a half. That to me is not reasonable, and it's not in deference to how good the Giants have been defensively so far this year. So I'm going to take the points there. I'm hedging my bets. I like Baltimore to win, but I'm taking the Giants plus the five and a half points. And I like that so much that New York Giants plus five and a half is my platinum pick against the spread this week. Giants plus five and a half, my platinum pick against the spread. So taking the Ravens to win, hedging my bets with the Giants, total in the game set of 43 and a half. This feels like a 24-20 game all the way for me, 24-20 Ravens, which means it does just barely climb over the point total of 43.5. Baltimore wins, Giants cover, take the over on the points. 
Uh, let's see. Martin, I might take Baltimore over the point spread. We'll see. Gorian is now in the chat as well. How you doing, my friend? Let's get it. Let's get it. We're a little over halfway through our picks. We've got one, two, three. We got six games here left to talk about. And we are going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh obviously coming off of getting embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills last week. What was that 38-3? to I think the final score was there. And look, despite only scoring three points, I didn't think Kenny Pickett looked awful. I really didn't. I think he did some good things in that game. I think they just ran into an absolute buzzsaw, and that buzzsaw is the Buffalo Bills. Um, Tampa Bay, like we talked about, beneficiary of a bad call. They had some calls go against them, but they did pick up uh, and they did pick up an, uh, a win last week. They didn't cover against the spread, but they did pick up the win. Funny enough, the Bucks are favored this week by the exact same point total that they were favorites of last week, which is eight points. Uh, the Steelers have a bottom five total offense. They have a bottom five total defense. And not only that, they are also dealing with the potential for not having Pat Fryermuth at tight end. He is dealing with a concussion, so he is in protocol, which obviously it's just all kinds of bad news here for the Steelers, who have only managed one win on the season so far. Obviously, I'm on the Tampa Bay Bucks to pick up the win here. Let's take Tampa Bay and their top 10 ranked defense. Let's take Tampa on the road in Pittsburgh to beat the Steelers. Uh, Gorian says in the chat, he is out. So uh, I, I didn't see where he had already been ruled out, but if Friermuth is ruled out, that's just one more weapon that uh, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers will not have available to them. Now, like I mentioned, uh, the Bucks are favored by eight points in this game. It's real tough for me to not lay these eight points. I usually don't love laying big numbers, but I'm going to lay these eight points on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, division matchup last week, I understand why they didn't cover. I didn't take them to cover, but I do think they cover the point total this week. So let's lay the eight points on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, total in that game, Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh is set at 43 and a half points. I think this total stays under because I think this Bucks defense is really, really good and has all kinds of ways that they can confound a rookie quarterback. So, uh, I think under the point total here is probably the smart play to take. Let's take Tampa Bay 21, Pittsburgh 10. Tampa gets the win. Tampa covers minus eight and the point total stays under. Next game we're going to talk about. The Carolina Panthers in Los Angeles to take on the Rams. <clears throat> so, uh, the Rams are going to win this game. <laughs> so, I'm just going to, like, spoilers. The Rams are going to win this game. Um, Carolina just fired the head coach, Matt Rule, which to Martin's point, which he talked about before the stream started, there's this thing where when a team fires their coach, they tend to win the next game. And I totally understand that. However, here's, here's my thing. They didn't just fire Matt Rule. They fired Matt Rule. They fired the defensive coordinator. And Baker Mayfield is not playing in this game. New stand-in head coach. New stand-in defensive coordinator. P.J. Walker starting at quarterback. So I don't... I got nothing against P.J. Walker. I think P.J. Walker is a talent. But, uh, oh boy. 
Uh, there's everything is going against the Carolina Panthers coming into this game. Their offense is anemic. Hopefully that changes with a player like PJ Walker. He is more offensively dynamic, so we can see that change potentially, but it's just, it's to me, it's, it's too much versus not enough here. The Rams only having two wins to this point in the season, trying to defend a Super Bowl has got to be, it's got to feel catastrophic. Especially for a team coached by Sean McVay, an incredible head coach, an excellent roster of players, top to bottom. For them to only have two wins to this point in the season has got to feel like the sky's falling. So they're going to go ahead and uh, make a point (laughs) in this game, I think. So let's take the Rams to get the win over the Panthers. So much so that the Rams over Carolina is my bronze pick straight up this week. Yes, it is only the bronze pick because the Rams are still the Rams or have been so far this season. So definitely not playing up to expectations. So I'm going to make it the bronze pick, but I wouldn't be shocked if this was a blowout, which is funny enough what I just changed on uh, just before we started talking about this game. I said, I'm going to make a little change to something. And that was my spread play in this game. Uh, right now, the Rams are laying 10.5 points, and that number is growing because that number was minus 9 earlier today. So that has grown all the way up to 10.5 and, and will only continue growing, I'm sure. I'm going to lay the 10.5 points on the Los Angeles Rams because while that is a lot of points to lay on a team that has only been kind of marginal this year, they're going up against what might be the worst situation in football right now, which is the Carolina Panthers with no permanent head coach, no permanent defensive coordinator, and their third string quarterback because Sam Darnold is still on IR. So I'm going to take the Rams to win, and I'm going to take the Rams laying the 10.5 points. Total in the game here is set at 40.5. Is it possible that the Rams cover this number on their own? I don't think so, but I do think this point total goes over. We're going to go over the 40.5 point total in Los Angeles, Carolina. Let's go Rams 34, Panthers 13. Like, I'm going to give the Panthers something here. I think they do score a touchdown. They do still have Christian McCaffrey on that roster. That's still a thing. But uh, I think this is a big statement win here for the Rams. And boy, do they ever need one. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Rams, Bucks, Vikings for Gorian. Uh, Thanks for mentioning the pre-chat comment. Awesome. No worries. Rams all day. Gorian says triple option quarterback. Yeah, like PJ Walker is a talent, man. He definitely is. But whether he's going to step right into that role right away and have success without regular head coach and the team not having a regular defensive coordinator, eh, we'll have to see. And look, that's just now. They they could fire more people. Between then and now, that's it's entirely possible. I think it feels like the exodus has begun in Carolina. Next game, another division matchup. This time of the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Both of these teams have two wins apiece on the season. Arizona, very pedestrian kind of team, very middle of the road, middle of the road offense, middle of the road defense. Don't light anything on fire, but can take teams by surprise. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, they've been moving the ball very well this year, a top 10 total offense on the season, but a bottom five total defense. Woof. This defense is not good, and that's really what allowed the Saints to come back in that game last week is 
just defensively, they just couldn't stop anybody. It's like I've, as, as I'm watching score highlights happen again and again and again from that game, I'm just like, I was on the under in this game. I'm a dummy. Because <laughs> it's like they, they, it doesn't look like they can stop anybody. Now, the Arizona Cardinals, we know that they have solid offensive pieces. They won't necessarily have all of them. I know James Conner is dinged up. And like this could be like Eno, um, Eno Benjamin's uh, backfield in this game, which I think he's had a, a fairly decent floor in fantasy so far this year. So he might be able to do something. I kind of think this Seahawks offense is being slept on a little bit. I know they're, I know they're top 10, like top 10 in terms of total offense. Geno Smith has been hucking the rock this year. I, I underrated that dude. I did not give that dude enough credit. He won the job in the offseason and absolutely deserves the job. He has been hucking the rock. And I think that is going to be the way that the Seattle Seahawks ultimately do win this game. He's largely going to be with the pass game. I'm going to take Seattle here. It's actually as an upset at home. They're at home, but they're taking points at home. I'm going to grab the Seahawks here in a divisional upset. Seattle um, at home picks up the win over the Arizona Cardinals. On the line, Seattle's taking the three points. I like Seattle to win. Give me the Seahawks plus the three. Total in the game set at 51 and a half. Now, this smart play here is to go over. Over is the smart play because of everything that I just said about the Seahawks. That's why I'm going to go under on it. <laughs> I tweeted about, I tweeted earlier. I was like, I was like, I hope there's someone out there that has faded every single total play that I have ever given. Because I I just I just want to know how much money that person has made, because it, it's been a lot, it's been a lot over the years. Um, I this is just a big number for me. If this number was in the 40s somewhere, I would probably bite on an over, but it's not. You got to get up over 50 points, and I don't necessarily think the Cardinals get there, like kind of have their fair share of things there. So. I'm going to stick under on this point total, under 51 and a half points in Seattle, Arizona. I'm going to go Seattle 28, Arizona 20. Seattle gets the win, taking Seattle with the points, but the point total stays under. Once again, that's not a great play, but it is the one I'm going to make. You'll notice that so far, I've only had three upset plays. Only three of them. You know what the rule is. It's the rule of four. But do I abide by it this week? For the audio audience, I'm currently stroking my beard. <laughs> Three games left to talk about. We are going to now go to Kansas City. Kansas City is going to play host to the Buffalo Bills. Probably the marquee matchup with the exception of the next game we're going to talk about. Kansas City hosting Buffalo. A massive AFC matchup. And this, this is the game to watch if you're a football fan. These two offenses, the defense that the Buffalo Bills have, this is going to be a great football game. Now, Buffalo comes into the game, top five total offense, top five total defense, uh, four and one on the season, I believe. So they have had a ton of success have these Buffalo Bills. Kansas City, they will come into this game on the short week because, of course, they are playing tonight. Top 10 total offense in the NFL. Defense kind of middle of the pack. They're going to come into this game with either three wins or four wins, depending on what happens tonight. 
This is a watershed game in the AFC. As far as I'm concerned, though, I do have to defer to the team that's got the better defense. And that is head and shoulders, the Buffalo Bills. They have built their team to win games like this. These two quarterbacks, these two teams are developing a head-to-head history with each other. I love it. We'll be talking about these two for a long time to come. But the way the Buffalo Bills have built their team, predicated both on deep shot offense as well as consistent defensive play, Kansas City hasn't built their team that way. They don't have that that level of consistent defensive play. Their defense has been all right this year, but they don't have that consistent level of defensive play that the Buffalo Bills have. I'm going to grab Buffalo here. I like the Bills on the road in Kansas City to get the win over Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, that's pending whatever happens in the game tonight. Hopefully no significant injuries or anything like that happen, which could change something like this, but still got to like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, On the line, Buffalo is laying uh, minus 1.5 as a road favorite, so I like them to win. It's almost the smallest price to pay, so I'm going to go ahead and lay the minus 1.5, and I like that so much that Buffalo minus 1.5 is going to be my bronze pick against the spread. Buffalo minus 1.5, bronze pick against the spread. Uh, Half Moon chimes in, Buffalo has Green Bay on deck next week too. Very interesting. Very interesting kind of thing to bring up because they could, depending on what happens in the Green Bay game, if Green Bay goes out and blows out the Jets, could Buffalo find themselves in like a bit of a look-ahead situation, right? They know that like they got a big opponent the next week. Teams don't often fall into this trap, but younger teams, younger quarterbacks can sometimes absolutely fall into that. So it's definitely something worth mentioning. Half Moon, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, on the line, the or sorry, the, not the, on the line, the total. The total in this game is 53.5 points. For obvious reasons, it is the biggest total of the week this week. I absolutely love my play on this total, and it is under, because I don't think this number comes anywhere near this. I genuinely think this is a close playoff atmosphere of a football game. I don't see a points explosion, even though these two offenses are both very, very good. I see a much more measured type of football game where these two coaching staffs and everything don't play all the cards that they've got that keep them close to the chest. I think this is a tight football game. I'm going to stick under on this one, under 53 and a half points in Buffalo, Kansas City. And I like it so much that Buffalo, Kansas City, under 53 and a half is my silver pick so uh, for this week. Silver pick is Buffalo, Kansas City, under the 53.5 point total. We are going to go with the Buffalo Bills 26, the Kansas City Chiefs 24. 26-24, I like the Buffalo Bills to win. I like Buffalo to cover minus the 1.5. Sorry, 27-24. My goodness, goodness, goodness. Uh, yeah, sorry, 27-24. I don't know why I looked at that number and thought it said 26. 27 to 24, Buffalo gets the win, Buffalo covers the minus 1.5, the point total stays under. Keebs, my boy Keebs, I believe this is my friend Keebs from the, uh, my, my CFL group, my, my group of CFL friends, uh, on Twitter. Bills won't look ahead to the pack. They had Kansas City game circled since that playoff game. That's an excellent point. Like I say, these two teams have built an exceptional history 
against each other in like a short period of time. So you're absolutely right. That playoff game uh, would have absolutely said, okay, when do we play those guys next? Cool. Let's go with that one. So that's a good point too. It's, it's a, it could be a look ahead to a significant opponent, but given who they're playing this week, I think that's probably an excellent point. Yes, sir. Hope all is well. Thank you for checking out the stream keeps. I really appreciate it. Two games left to talk about on the slate of the Dallas Cowboys on the tail end of back-to-back road games, head to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Eagles, the only undefeated team left in the NFL at 5-0. They are a top five total offense. They are a top five total defense. The Eagles have been balling this year. They've been playing great football. Meanwhile, you got the Dallas Cowboys, 4-1 on the season. Obviously, exceeding expectations after the Dak Prescott injury. Cooper Rush, still undefeated as a starting quarterback in his NFL career. They got a top 10 total defense. They do have a bottom 10 total offense. So they're not winning football games necessarily on the power of that offense. They're winning football games on the defensive side of the ball, which is exceptionally important. Because when Dak Prescott does come back, Their ability to continue to win games defensively as the offense takes the uptick that it will take once he is back will only bode better for them going down the stretch this season. they got to be able to hold on to that defensive mindset as the offense kind of moves up and the offense improves over the course of the rest of the season. So far, there's been no money really to be made betting against the Philadelphia Eagles to win football games. I mean, last week was close. It was closer than I thought it was going to be. I think Philly only won that game, what was it, 20-17, to 17, I think was the final last week. Um, I mean, I certainly expected the game to not quite be that close. I had it as a 10-point win. They got the win, which is great. So maybe that's starting to kind of get in their heads a little bit. But, I mean, I still think this is the Eagles' division to lose, and I think this is the Eagles' game to lose. We're going to take the Philadelphia Eagles at home to get the win over the Dallas Cowboys. Philly beats Dallas. And I like that so much, actually. I'm going to take Philly over Dallas as my silver pick straight up. Philly over Dallas, silver pick straight up. Uh, On the line, the Eagles are laying five and a half points here as a home favorite. I totally get this, but the Cowboys are one of the best against the spread teams in the NFL so far this year. I think they're one of the teams that's four and one against the spread. So I'm actually going to take the points here. We're going to hedge here against a a Philly collapse and a Dallas win. And I'm actually going to take the points here with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's take Dallas plus the 5.5. Total in the game set 42 and a half points. Like I mentioned, these are two teams that have been finding a lot of success this year on the defensive side of the ball. Yes, the Eagles move the ball exceptionally well. Yes, they're scoring a lot of points, but their defense is also excellent. So I think we're looking at a low scoring football game here. I'm going to grab the under. It's a pretty beatable number at 42 and a half, but I'm going to stay under on this one. Under 42.5 points in Philly, Dallas. Let's take the Eagles 20 and the Cowboys 17. Eagles win. Cowboys cover plus 5.5 under the point total. And here we go with our final game of the week. The Denver Broncos on the road in Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Uh, Denver gets the benefit of the long week having played on Thursday night in that absolute scrub of a football game. Uh, They're a top five total defense, so their defense has been absolutely wrecking shop, and it's a good thing. 
Now we find out that Russ has been playing a right has been playing with what a partially torn peck. So it kind of explains why he's looked like dog water for most of the season. Certainly did last week. Um, so I guess that kind of explains it. But like, if you have a partially torn peck on your throwing side, don't play. Like, sit. Put your team in better positions to win football games than than you being out there at whatever, 60 or 65% as a passing quarterback. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But the offense has been kind of, you know, middle of the road, pedestrian, maybe worse than that. The defense has been playing, at the very least, very well. The Chargers have a top five total offense in the NFL so far this year, but a bottom 10 total defense. They've been disappointing on the defensive side of the ball so far this year. I want to see that start to turn around if they really want to make some noise in this division. They are three and two. So they have started off the season okay, but I think you would have expected or certainly want to see them playing better on the defensive side of the ball and getting closer. Now, I will say this. I watched a good chunk of the Chargers game. Somebody needs to grab their coach. Somebody needs to grab him by the collar and just say, analytics aren't everything. You should have lost that game because your decision making is stupid. Oh, the analytics leaned, uh, it leaned, go for it. Okay, cool. It leaned, go for it. What are the consequences? And they almost saw the consequences. They should have lost that game. Analytics are fine as a tool. Analytics are not fine when they determine your decisions, almost exclusively. And that's the school that he comes from. He comes from this analytics are God. And I get it, but they're not. Analytics are a tool. They shouldn't be what you use to completely determine what you're going to do. They should not completely determine your decision-making process. And in his case, I think they do. I think he can say as much as he wants. Well, you know, we, we take them into consideration. Like, no, he allows analytics to decide what he's going to do. And that takes the gut instinct completely out of the game which that's not what the game of football is. And no matter how much you want to try to make it that, that's not what the game of football is. So somebody's got to grab him by the collar and say, look, there are many hundreds of millions of dollars on the line with this. I don't care what your spreadsheet said. I don't care if your spreadsheet said, well, 53% of the time this is going to work. Smart football doesn't cease to be smart football because the analytics might marginally say something different. The analytics are starting to take over and it's not for the better of the sport. That's my rant on analytics, folks. I, I say all that to uh, reinforce um, my lack of interest in this game, unfortunately. I, I really wish that, I really wish Denver was playing better offensively and I could kind of give them more credit and be more interested and invested in their games. Part of that is I'm a Russell Wilson dynasty manager. So I've been so disappointed in his season so far that it's tainted me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take the chargers here. I'm going to take the chargers at home division matchup. I get it. that weird things happen, but I'm going to take the chargers to get this win here. I think they're the better football team top to bottom. So let's take the chargers at home to beat the Broncos on the line. The chargers are laying four and a half points here as a home favorite. 
I'm going to go ahead and lay those points as well. This feels like a touchdown matchup to me. So we're going to go ahead and lay minus 4.5 on the Chargers. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I'm going to stick under on this point total as well, because again, that Broncos defense is really, really good. I think the Chargers defense is going to use a game like this against a pedestrian offense to try and improve. We're going to stick under 45 and a half points. Let's go. Uh, let's go Chargers 21. Uh, we're going to go Broncos 14, 21-14. So let's take the Chargers to win. Let's cover the Chargers minus four and a half. And let's stay under the 45 and a half point total. And I like the Chargers to win so much that the Chargers straight up over the Broncos are my gold pick uh, straight up. So Chargers over the Broncos, my gold pick straight up. There you have it, folks. Those are your picks for week six in the NFL, just a 14-game schedule. And let's go over the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze plays here for you one more time for week six. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze straight up. I've got the Green Bay Packers over the New York Jets as my platinum pick. My gold pick, the Chargers over the Denver Broncos, as we just mentioned. My silver pick, the Philadelphia Eagles over the Dallas Cowboys. And my bronze pick, the Los Angeles Rams, over the Carolina Panthers. Against the spread, my platinum pick, the New York Giants, plus five and a half points. My gold pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, minus 1.5. My silver pick, the Atlanta Falcons, plus five and a half points against the spread. And my bronze pick uh, against the spread is Buffalo, minus 1.5. And on the totals, my platinum pick, the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins, over 45 and a half points. My gold pick, the New England Patriots and the Cleveland Browns, over 42 and a half. My silver pick, the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, under 53 and a half points. And my bronze pick, the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers, under 46 and a half. Martin says ba to analytics, and that is an excellent way to end the show this week. That's your week six episode, folks. It is now in the can. I hope you enjoy Monday Night Football, which is about to start in the next, oh, half hour or so. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Teas and Coffee Bean. I hope you enjoyed the week six picks. Hope you enjoyed the week six show. We'll see you again for week seven when your boy's going to be on vacation, which means the show will probably be on Tuesday because my schedule becomes my own on vacation. And that's what you got to love. So we will see you next week for the week seven show. Thank you.